This presentation was from UX Australia 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Hi guys. My name's Tony Wall, and I'm going to be sharing an adventure in preparing a vision, a product vision. So this all began a while back. I was in a meeting with some colleagues, and we were talking about different ways to improve the product that we were working on. And I had some ideas. I looked at the product. I thought, I'll share some ideas here. And, and so I brought them up on the table, and I said, these are my ideas. I think we can do these things. And one of my colleagues says, Tony, that's great, but we're never going to get anywhere with like this, with these ideas. We're never going to get anywhere if we just focus on the current experience. He was American. Sorry, that's my American accent. <laughs> I work with Americans. Sorry about that. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> and, and then he says, we need the moonshot. And I was like, the moonshot? And he said, we need the moonshot, Tony. We're going to do the moonshot. And I was like, OK, well, you're going to have to tell me what the moonshot is. And this is when he pulled out this diagram. And he said, this is the moonshot, Tony. I'll stop the American accent now. You can imagine, he's an enthusiastic American guy. This is us. This is now. And these are your ideas, Tony. <laughs> Expected refinements. Thank you very much. And this, this is the moonshot. And I was like, wow, OK. <laughs> this looks cool. You're going to have to explain this, right? So if we do this moonshot, we're going to get awesome experiences. Well, I'm in, I'm in. How do we do the moonshot? And he says, all right, this is how you do the moonshot. There's four steps. The first one, get inspired. I'm like, cool, all right. Second one, figure out what we could do. Imagine what we should do. And then define what we will do. So I'm like, all right, I can do this. Let's get into it. Getting inspired. What's involved? The key to getting inspired, apparently, is watching customers work and figuring out their biggest pain point. I'm like, right, I can do that. Done that before. Get out in the field. Interviewed a ton of customers. And I asked them what their biggest pain point was. I'm all right. Came back with a ton of insights, lots of pain points. And at this point, I had the privilege of getting some counsel with our founder at, at Intuit, a man by the name of Scott Cook. And after I'd done my spiel, as you can imagine, a bit animated, he said, that's great, Tony. I don't think he knew my name. <laughs> he, said, he said, that's great. What, what evidence do we have that this is a real pain point? And I was like, evidence? They told me. I got evidence. They told me what the pain points were, and I wrote them on the board. And he said, you never listen to what they say. And I was like, OK. So what are we supposed to do? What is this evidence? right?" So here's what I learned from that experience. Apparently, you're not supposed to listen to what customers say. <laughs> but the key to this one is, which is interesting, is you need evidence. And then you can listen to what they say. And when you get that evidence, what you're looking for is signs of pain, physical frustration, annoyance. And even a trickier one is a workaround. So if you're getting a customer who's got a workaround, then you know there's a pain point. And they're never going to tell you about that, because they've adopted that into their workflow. The next one was a bit tricky. I found it really hard to sit there and just watch a customer. And they find it really awkward, too. The two of you are sitting there. You're sitting there watching them. And you tell them you're going to watch. And within five minutes, the conversation has started, and you're just having a conversation. 
But you've really got to be persistent. You're going to say, listen, no, no, no. I don't want to talk. I want to watch. It gets awkward, but that's all right. And then the third one that I learned was be careful of chasing problems that are market gaps. What you're going to see when you're watching customers and what they're going to tell you about are the obvious gaps in the market at the moment and things that they've picked up, things that they want to fix and change. Be careful of chasing those down because they're easy traps to fall into. The next step, what we could do. Now, the next key part here is to get out there and prototype. We all know this. Get out there and test as many solutions as possible, right? Go broad to go narrow, they say, QuickBooks, which is cool, which just means get as many ideas out on the table as you can. I can do that. So I made a prototype. I spent about nine hours on this thing by myself on sketch in a dark room one day, refining. I did heaps of refinements. And then I showed it to some customers, and I thought, this is good. I think this thing looks good. I don't know if anyone agrees. I showed it to some customers, and I walked them through it. And here's what they said. I think it looks great, Tony. And I said, really? This is supposed to be a test, right? You think this looks good? And he's like, this is great. This is exactly what we want. Something's failing here. <laughs> and I realized at that point that I'd made a few mistakes in the process. Now, here's what I learned. Go broad with the customers, not on your sketch file. Don't have V9 like I had on your prototype without ever showing anyone it. <laughs> it's really important. <laughs> and then find a way to actually test it. When you get the prototype in front of a customer, it's supposed to be an experiment, right? So what are you trying to learn? Really think about that. It shouldn't just be a walkthrough. Put them in a scenario. Have a situation. Figure out what you're trying to get to. And then finally, don't put too many ideas on one screen. This is supposed to be... You're not testing how good you are at laying it out. Don't spend any time like I did, please, trying to lay this thing out and make it picture perfect because you can just singly put one idea on there and you get a whole lot better results. All right. Step three, this is what we should do. This is the point where you're really getting into the vision point, right? You're detailing out the idea. You're getting all the customer flows. I can do that. So I made a beautiful deck. Well as beautiful as I think it could be. And I showed it to a bunch of stakeholders, and I walked them through it, and I said, this is the vision. This is what we should do. I made sure it was in the customer perspective. I made it mobile, optimized. And they said, it's really impressive, Tony, but what do we do now? Well, here's what I learned. I learned that that thing shouldn't have been coming first. Um, but I'll go for it first. Uh, so... <laughs> That wasn't my first point. Um, I learned that you shouldn't put low-hanging fruit in your solutions, in your vision particularly. If something's going to be solved, or again, if it's obvious that it's going to be picked up in the next few months, don't bother putting in your vision. It really limits the life of it. The key thing that I learned, though, was to have a clear action plan. If you're in that vision and you have that vision out there, and someone's, the first question they're going to ask you is literally, well, great, how do we get to that vision? I'm like, okay, I better have an answer for that. And the next thing is, people are going to ask, well, what really resonated with customers when you showed them this vision? Make sure you've done that too. The final step, what will we do? This is pretty cool. Here's where we get to design the MVP experience, right? We've all heard this. The key point here is to evolve towards more, not better, apparently. So we're not trying to get 
make the experience better. We're having this crappy product to begin with and then you're making it better. We're having a really good product that has more features as you go along. Makes sense. So I tried breaking down my prototype. And my, sorry, I tried breaking down my vision. And I struggled. It's really hard, what I found. And so I asked a few people around the office. I said, what do I do? What, how do I do this? And they showed me this prioritization scheme. And they said, this is a really good way to work out how to break down your prototype. And this is coming back to that customer pain point that we talked about in the initial point. What you're looking for is the intersection between the genuine customer problem that hasn't been solved by anyone and that can be done well by us, by us at QuickBooks. This is what we need to do. This is where we will get to and this is what your V1 or your V0 should look like. I said, that's great. So here's what I learned about this final step. You need to consider the current state as well. When you're doing your moonshot, don't just jump off and forget about where you started, because that may come down to and may have a big impact on what you can do first. And finally, selling the vision is really easy. Everyone loves a great new deck, and everyone's willing to get on board with cool ideas. But getting it made is another story. Be prepared to fight at this point, because people are always going to go with the easier solutions that are on the table. And you need to back that up with data. Again, another question is going to come up. Well, what do we need to do first? Where's your data on that? So be prepared to back it up with data. And that's my adventure. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Yorks Australia 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit yorksaustralia.com.au.